Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Shulman Katoshu Sanju Issok Kokshi Sankan Nanyo Chu Kokshi Mitabi Jisha Oyobu Jisha Mitabi Orakusu Kokshi Iwaku Machini Omoeri Ware Nanji Niko Fusuto Entangling Vines, Case 31. The National Teacher Calls Three Times. The National Teacher, Nanyo Echu, called to his attendant three times. Three times his attendant answered. The national teacher said, I have always thought I let you down, but actually it is you who have let me down. Good afternoon. Today is April 11th. And we commemorated the founder of our school, Rinzai Gigen. Yesterday, we commemorated the birth of the very root of this teaching of the Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama. At the same time, in our morning chants, we hold dear to our hearts and to all the good men that we can muster, all those innumerable beings, including human beings, related through the Dharma, related through cause and effect, related by being in this world and suffering from various afflictions. It seems extreme to have these open gaps between the wonderful news of the birth and at the same time to be aware of the transience, the fragility, and the all but certain limitation to our human existence. What better place to address than together with you? We all together, 
on the same ocean, on this journey that we call Angya, the pilgrimage from birth to death. The profundity of this is rarely fathomed, not because we are unable to do so for our own personal karmic impediments, but often through the mere set of conditions under which life arises. I am always very, very grateful to be able to be here with you, to be here with the living lineage. Shingeroshi, Noritake Roshi, Yamakawa Roshi, many, many but still so few and practitioners of all ages, of all traits, but of one heart. The bitterness of transience, of impermanence and the longing to become a fully complete being in this universe are wonderful motivators and energy that moves us forward in this endeavor that at times seems without an end and that we acknowledge to be without an end. Butsudo mujo se ganjo. No end in sight. Having practitioners and Roshi return to Daibosatsu Zendo after the absence of what we call safety in such a poignant way is almost miraculous. But here we are once again together, connected via the streams of little electrons moving all around the globe. And not so much difference, the electrons moving around the various atoms and molecules in our physical bodies. So today we face a very well-known case, a case that we also find in the gateless gate as case 17, where the portion which we find in this entangling vines is the main case of the gateless gate.
on this day of the Rinzai Zenji Memorial, we will have the privilege to look at one of his predecessors just a few generations away. And already we can spy, we can see some of the elements that are alive to this day. So who is it who we encounter here? We speak about the national teacher. When we study Buddhism in an academic way, Chinese Buddhism, Japanese Buddhism, we will find many, many different national teachers. What they all have in common, besides being of various Buddhist lineages, is that the title is bestowed onto a teacher after they depart, after they transform into boundless dimensions. And the title is bestowed by the emperor, the Tenno in Japan, the emperor, or the son of heaven in the Chinese dynasties. So Chu Kokushi, national teacher Chu, never knew that he was called a national teacher. He studied with the fifth ancestor. He began his Zen studies there. Daiman Gunin Zenji. And later became the student of Daikan Eno Zenji, the sixth ancestor. We know from our lineage chant that Nanyo Etsu is not in our lineage. So it was another fellow brother monk of Nanyo Echu, who carried forth the lineage that led to Rinzai Gigen. But nonetheless, Nanyo Echu was an outstanding teacher. He died in the year 775. We don't know exactly when he was born, but various calculations of his age point to the fact that he was at least in his 90s when he passed away. Some, of course, would like to say he was way over 100 years old. Nanyo Echu, after he received the seal of approval and his transmitting teacher, Daikan Eno Zenji, sent him away. And Nanyo Etsu went to one spot in which he stayed for 40 years. The mountain is called Mount Byakudai. Another reading is Ryakudai. And the temple was called Kokanji in a valley 
of the name Tosu. And there he stayed, but not alone. There was a companion with him by the name of Seiza Zan. Together, they practiced. Of course, there were some other monks coming as well, because staying in the mountain in those times, a mountain is a temple. And at times, temples had hundreds of disciples. So, but we can say that Seiza Zan and Nanyo Echu were co-teaching, leading the group of practitioners in Zazen mostly. And through that, for such a long time, people take note. One sits for a long time in a mountain monastery. Some people take note, like the emperor. In this case, Shukuso was the name of the emperor who sent emissaries asking Nanyo Echu to come and become the teacher of the Son of Heaven. It took some time to persuade Nanyo Echu to do that. And of course, he discussed his decision with his co-abbot, Seizazan. Oh, it is too early. No, no, you should not leave. You should not go. We should do some more Zazen here. Don't go to the capital. That was the opinion of Seizazan. And it was not easy for Nanyo Echi to come to that decision to leave the mountain temple, Kokanji. Yesterday, we heard Shingyoroshi read about the story of the Buddha. And the time between the Buddha appearing as the Buddha, turning from Siddhartha into the awakened one under the tree. And the first sermon that Shingiroshi spoke about is extremely significant. Nanyo Echu went through a similar kind of phase. Here we sit on this mountain with clarity. Not a word needs to be uttered. The song of the bird, even through the microphones during Zazen, give better Teisho than anyone. Nothing needs to be said. Yet, Dukkha manifests all around. 
afflictions are clearly visible. The knowledge, the deep presence of the medicine tasted by the Buddha, tasted by Nanyo Echu, clearly sent them into this turmoil of having to decide to not just sit there and be healed, but to go out and speak. To break the silence, to utter words, however short they might fall of what was meant to be expressed. Very similar, both. Nanyo ended up deciding to go to see the emperor and to become his teacher of Buddhism. When Nanyo arrived in the capital, the emperor himself came out, not only to greet him, but he even helped push along the cart on which this great teacher arrived. An incredible honor. Yet Nanyo still was thinking back to his companion, Seiza-san, continuing to do Zazen. And as it goes, we hear the history of Nanyo Echu, but of Seiza-san, no more is known. So how did Nanyo Echu teach? Here is one mondo or one of these Zen stories that tell us about Chu Kokushi. One day, a government official by the name of Kyogunyo asked Chu Kokushi. You can imagine being in the capital of this great Chinese empire with educated officials in the Confucian tradition, which is as old as the Buddhist tradition. The questions come up and great interest arises in finding out more. So this official, Kyo Gunyo asked Chu Kokshi, well, what kind of training, what kind of practice were you doing those 40 years on that mountain, Yakugai in Kokanji? Well, good sir, tell me. Chu Kokushi called over one of the young boy attendant servants. 
And when he came, he gently caressed the boy's hair and said, if you are this, then directly say you are this. If you are that, directly say you're that. This is one of the examples how Nanyo Echu taught directly. He is seen as somebody who mastered the rigor of this practice for 40 years. And if we'd like to make and pass some judgment, we could say that Nanyo Echu was able to break free from the rigor and to go out to let that heart flow. That came with it, that developed through it. So if at times we ask ourselves in this practice and we doubt, well, this is too difficult. This is too strict. What can help is to look at our predecessors and to see how through this practice, a great heart can develop. And of course, frankly, it might not be the right thing for everybody. It is not a panacea. And everybody is encouraged to find the medicine that cures one's particular illness. So the main koan, very brief, a description of an event of the master calling his attendant three times and the attendant answering three times. What about that? Even the name of the attendant is absent. We don't know who it is, but history tells us that Nanyo Echu only had one successor. And his name was Oshin Tangen. It must have been on the mountain where they met and where he served as the attendant. The word for attendant, we all know because we have them sitting in those at least two zendos I'm seeing here on the screen. It's the jisha. The jisha. The jisha that works, who works in the inrio, in the quarters of the shike, of the Zen master, 
of the temple is called the In Ryo Ji Sha. And to make it short, the second and the fourth character are cut out. And we just say Inji. Yogen Senzaki told the story in a way like the following. One day, Chukokushi called out, Oshin! His attendant rushed up from the lower area of the monastery, came into the room of the teacher. Hi! Oh, thank you for coming, but I don't need your help right now. Shortly after, Oshin once again, Oshin dropped whatever he was doing and ran up. Hi, Oshin, thank you, but I don't require your help right now. And the third time, shortly after, Oshin appearing right there, opening the door. Hi. So what is it with that calling? What is it? Why three times? Who is calling? What is calling? Who is being called? Now, this is an important point that we have to examine in this practice. We all know calling. We go to the park or we take a walk. And there's one kind of calling where we see the little kid, mommy, 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 look at me, look at me. No hands. And delighted. Our attention goes right there. So does the parent's attention. Very naturally, we see a natural manifestation of no difference. We also have other stories in our Western chest of wonderful stories that have to do with calling. 
calling three times. The young man who was entrusted with taking care of the village's sheep. Yet a wolf has been around. And out there beyond the veil, taking care of the sheep, the young man got lonely. And he recalled, well, I was told when the wolf comes and I need help, I should just cry as loud as I can. And the village will come. The villagers will come and help me defend against the wolf. I feel so lonely. Do you really think they would come? Let me try. Wolf! Wolf! And the villagers dropped everything and came with their pitchforks, with whatever they could grab to save the young man and the sheep. They came, all the sheep were there, not a trace of the wolf. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, it, it, it was a mistake, said the young man. And so it continues, you know. I don't think I have to tell the whole story. He became lonely again, or maybe his mind was playing with him. How often do we see a wolf where there is none for this or that reason? But we learn that we should be really careful when we cry wolf. Because after the second time when the villagers came and there was no wolf, the third time when the real wolf arrived, nobody was paying attention anymore. This is a story that seems to be a fairy tale, but just be careful and scan what the news is telling us. Where at times when too many things happen, too many people cry wolf. And when tiredness sets in to respond to the cause.
we already see a difference here between Oshin, of course, and the villages. A very different way of acting. Well, I'll say it again, a very different way of acting. Please note, I did not say of reacting, of acting. Action. When the national teacher calls from Mushin, this place of no self, of no person calling. Oshin! Even though the silence is broken, even though we enter the realm of the 10,000 things, <coughs> it comes from the place of Mushin, of this open, spacious mind, unencumbered by ideas, unencumbered by outcomes. <coughs> Recognized by the person whose name was called Ocean. recognizes and stops everything that is going on, drops everything, beginning with the idea of ocean. So what can we take from this? What can we see in this story? And these, ask, these questions are asked throughout the history of Zen. Even just a few generations later, our wonderful ancestor, Joshu Jushin, was asked about it. A monk asked Joshu, what is the meaning of Kokshi calling his attendant. Joshu answered, it is like a person riding in the pitch dark. There may be no recognizable characters, but traces are there. As soon as Echu calls, of course, there is the nen of the intention of calling. 
the breaking open of this not true into the world of the 10,000 things that is already leaving a trace, leaving a trace. But since it is a Zen teacher, a Zen master, reaching out to teach his students or her students, the compromise is made to put it in words. Oshin. The character is written in the dark, but nothing is attached to it. No baggage, no intention, no identification. Mushin and also Muga, no self. Now on the other side, what we should in colloquial terms call the receiving side, we have to see beyond that as well, you know? Recognition of the call. We all have these experiences, no doubt, when your mother called you, when your lover calls you. The light, the illumination. Even though there is recognition, what comes next is of the utmost important importance. Does it start a cascade of, oh my God, what does he want again? Or is it a response of a practitioner who has spent the time on the cushion, the time in Samu, in interacting with fellow practitioners, the world and the 10,000 things and does not get sucked into doubt, question, how should I react? Who called? Hi! Immediate action. I can't imagine how this would work out. Maybe not so much during the pandemic, but what if you try that one day in a restaurant? Uh, waiter. Oh, oh thank you, uh, but I really don't need you right now. <laughs> try that a couple of times, yeah? And I think the level of service will go down significantly. Or you have to leave a really, really big tip. But that is really it, in it already. A true waiter would be a true server. And a true server does not attach themselves to the service. To not be in the way. Serving 
is acting by recognizing the need and that what is being asked for. And it's not always asked for by people. Let's be clear about that. Calls to us arrive in many different ways. If I dare say, all of us are acting upon the deep call that pulls us into this kind of practice, into the investigation of this human condition, into illuminating and clarifying the great matter of birth and death. And this is a call that we don't respond to with words either. But we learn to hear it and to act with it. So no response is needed. Response is already too much. When the bell rings, when Shinrei is heard, whatever we do, up we get. It's time to go to the center. When the clappers sound, without doubt, action. What happened here between the master and his student, Nanyo Echu and Tangen Oshin, is the demonstration of that activity of immediate action. After going beyond and letting go of any idea of sequence. Well, first the teacher called and then the student answered. And then the teacher called again and then the student answered again. And then he called again and then he answered again. Oh. Like getting up and saying, uh, another day. Versus going, getting up and becoming completely open to freely act as the master of circumstance. Even the thinking and the ideas that we find at times in the teachings of the Buddha are just ideas, cause and effect. First the master called and then the student answered. Macro, that's very macro, very not looking closely and not being with it. 
cause and effect, binary. No. Always present. Ocean! Hey! What all? What else calls to us? Is it just us in the Zen practice that are being called to do things? No, not at all. This devotional practice of Zen, of devoting ourselves fully to action, to presence, is a basic human longing and practice that we find in different cultures. Devotion and the complete surrender of this little I am self of the idea who Oshin is or who Nanyo Echu is, a complete abandonment of that. To gain the freedom to act in accord with, and I'm using this word now deliberately, with the divine. Act, act, act. Is a common, deeply human reality. They are culturally different expressions. When, for example, the God of the Old Testament calls on you to accomplish truly difficult to accomplish things, Here I am, acting without doubt, without fear, without hesitation. The acting that becomes reacting because it is muddled up, entangled through identity, through fear, through doubt, is always caught up. Reaction. Not. Hi. Umon Bunen Zenji. The cloud gate master had an attendant who he called every day for 18 years. And when the attendant appeared, Uman would say, what is it? It took the attendant 18 years to catch on. But after 18 years of this service, the attendant awakened. And when that happened, Uman said, from now on, I won't be calling on you anymore. 
So the second part of the koan gives us a little bit of trouble at times because the words that are used in here can be interpreted in various different shades, in various different meanings. When the national teacher said after that interaction with Oshin, I have always thought I let you down, but actually it is you who have let me down. A different way to look at it, as I have seen it translated by Harada Roshi of the Harada Yasutani lineage, is I always thought I stood towards with my back facing you. But now I see you are facing me with your back. Other translations speak about deceiving each other. That word kofu, kofu, to let down, to betray, to go against, to oppose, to transgress. And that seems so negative when we look at it. Insult. What could be insulted if the arrow of an insult has no solid target to get stuck in? That mushin has no resistance There is nothing to be hit, nothing to be injured. Insult beyond insult, complete insult, complete turning one's back. Action. So let's go beyond the ideas of sequentiality, the idea of time. Let us open up to this simultaneous nature of action. When the Han is struck, without doubt, without hesitation, without fear, without any identification. The mountain and the lake. Respond. The vastness that opens up through this is one of the unspeakable gifts.
that we may taste in this practice. Since it is Rinzai's commemoration today, it just fits to give Master Rinzai the last word. Venerable ones, I cannot these days cease from using a lot of words and come out preaching many inept things. But do not let yourselves be deceived. As I see it, there are not really so many principles. If you want to act, just act. And if you do not want to act, then rest. It is said that the six parameters and the 10,000 practices are the Buddha Dharma. I say, there are but methods for spiritual adornment and for carrying on the Buddha's work. They are not the Buddha Dharma. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org donate. Thank you for listening.